same as if you water. What's that? No. All right. Proceeding. All right. So we'll just keep it. We'll keep it rolling. <clears throat> um, QW back here again. Uh, I'm, I'm going to introduce Open Mike. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do or how you found Noster and uh, what, what your background is. Yeah, thanks. Um, is this close enough? Yeah. And thanks, Sam, for putting this on and everybody here. Um, I'm Open Mike. Um, I, uh, I'm the CFO of First Avenue in Minneapolis. We do about 1,200 concerts a year in the uh, just traditional brick and mortar business. So I operate venues and um, have always been into Bitcoin. And then Noster, Noster came around. I, I was part of the Jack Hatchening in December of 22. And um, just I've always been looking for my niche and like how to participate rather than just be a, a consumer. And um, the value for value movement um, just caught me. And so we, we started you know, posting on, or I started posting on Noster and meeting people, went to Tokyo, and uh, all of a sudden have started doing some value for value concerts, so. And your venue isn't just like any venue. I mean, you're really part of a more of an independent uh, kind of sovereign mindset when you, when yeah, you look yeah. at the actual industry itself. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, one of the things that resonates so strong with me is, um, we're we're fiercely independent first avenue is about as big as you can get without breaking your independence sort of you know it's uh been around since 1970 and it's where prince filmed the movie purple rain um it's where he got his start um and i don't know if you guys remember in the during the pandemic lockdowns the hashtag save our stages um that was us our owner um lobbied Congress, got in touch with um, some senators, and we became kind of a uh, accidental icon of independent music by um, getting into the bailout package and supporting independent music. So we're, we're dangerously close to losing a lot of our beloved um, independent venues. Actually, Rebel Lounge here in Phoenix um, Psycho Steve was one of our biggest advocates, and so we've gotten close with him. Yeah, they just, I think they just got awarded the uh, number one venue uh, by Billboard yeah. uh, under 500 uh, occupancy. That sounds right, yeah. Um, but awesome that, that's guy. pretty cool, uh, right down the street at Indian School. Uh, but it's, I think it's important to know, because um, Nostra kind of bridges all this together. With this ecosystem, you just heard from Wavelink and the streaming portion of it. Um, but there's another side to it. There's the video, the actual performances, brick and mortar, uh, where you can tie that into the actual protocol. Uh, you can bring that social environment in there. Um, and that was something, maybe there was a little bit of streaming that happened during COVID. Was it yeah. something where you'd have like, kind of a band would, would just stream and that was kind of popular? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, there's a whole bunch of like tech bros thought that the streaming was going to take over the world, and they're mm -hmm. like, "Oh man, your your 1500 cap rooms now going to be global. You can have you could sell <laughs> you can sell 10,000 tickets." And um, you know, we got we got wired up with all these 4K cameras and a VC mm -hmm. VC backed startup. 
um, signed a sponsorship deal with us. We have all this awesome equipment. And we did, you know, we had the, um, the empathetic customers for a while, right? Like everybody was willing to pay 20 bucks to watch Ben Gibbard play his guitar on the toilet or whatever. And it was, it was okay for a while, but um, we'd, we'd sell tickets on, on those like half capacity shows. But once we were back to full capacity, everybody either wants to be there or they don't, right? Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't want to be sitting in front of a laptop. And, and that, that's an interesting point, because value for value, to me, is going to be an additional revenue stream, not your main focus. Yeah. You can't look at it, especially with the scaling of today, where you know there's not enough people using it. We need the culture to build out. We need the culture to, to create uh, this marketplace or this, this avenue of revenue. Um, and that's why kind of what we're doing uh, with the Noster thing. Um, the Noster is the way to tap into that. Uh, and that's you know what I've always thought, but you look at you know tell us about Toonster. Yeah, so Toonster is um, it's it's pure plagiarism. I just hard I just forked Zap.Stream. I Open went source, to, man. Yeah, and, and Kieran. Yeah. By the way, Kieran, uh, amazing dev. Yeah. Zap.Stream. He's doing the new Noster Nest, um, uh, and and then Toonster. Yeah. Uh, just a solid dev, um, and we. That's another beautiful thing about Noster is the dev community is risen up. They're not in the shadowy back rooms. Uh, it's literally, uh, we appreciate the devs. They, 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 everyone knows the devs, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting because you don't know who the Twitter devs are. Uh, you don't know any, any you know, it's, it's really bringing that uh, community together. Um, so we, we strengthen each other. But with that said, Toonster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you the, saw you saw Zap.Stream and you said, wait a second. Yeah. And you're like, I have this background. I can kind of see where this goes. And that's another beautiful thing about Noster is it's a new frontier. So you bring your own value. It's value for value isn't necessarily just monetization. It's where, where you can shine. A hundred percent. So when you saw that. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, I mean, I've, I've looked for my role in, you know, the decentralized music um, scene for years here and you know the problem is you, you lead with the orange and you kind of get slapped down by the by the music community generally I've talked to Sam and Michael about this endlessly and you know people people in music are used to being pitched everybody's going to change the world everybody's got the greatest new thing and unfortunately we kind of sound like that, right? Like that's exactly what we sound like. And so there's all the bad actors um, kind of put us in the penalty box. Um, and so Noster comes around, I see this is different. This is, a, this is an easier narrative. People can understand the social graph. They understand how, how much they put into their brand on these centralized. So I felt like this had a chance and um, with Toonster, you know, as an independent venue, it's extremely hard for us to compete with the likes of Live Nation and other uh, other venues and promoters because they have really a vertical integration. And so I, I look at the live streaming and value for value. If we can make it more compelling for an artist on the road to generate another revenue stream, whether it's ten bucks, a hundred bucks. Um, the shows that we did in December were amazing. Um, we raised... And talk, talk about what, what's 
So anybody that's not familiar, um, they did the first value for value, Toonster, Noster. Um, yeah. I mean, this is kind of a mini version of that. Uh, yeah. And, and that's really one of the inspirations of it. Um, tell, tell us about that event. Um, yeah. It, it kind of ties in Wave Lake. It's all it tied ties together. in Fountain, uh, podcasting, and Toonster. All three of them kind of combined um, yeah. on, on, on how, you know, you can connect all these social graphs. Um, you know, t- tell us a little bit what, what motivated you to actually say, let's do it live. Yeah, so the, um, I've, I've looked for artists who fit the ethos of what we're doing and you know even Prince it's it seems serendipitous if you've ever been to Paisley Park you know he's he's talking about this stuff decades ago you know he changed his name to a symbol if you watch some of the interviews um, he'd been an ostrich through and through Um, and so the the first the hardest thing for me is to find an artist who's open-minded enough to try this and so I'm looking at Jim Costello here um, his daughter and him made their presence known out at the Lightning Summit in July last year. Um, and I just knew from that point, I was like, I knew I was going to get in touch with them. And I was determined to book their first show, their first ticketed show. And I knew Just Loud personally. Um, he'd been a very successful artist. He'd been on a major label. Um, he was actually on the same label as Motley Crue. He'd played Lollapalooza. Um, He's got a crazy story and he's immensely talented. Um, And the two of them I just saw as this really beautiful composition of artists, you know, one coming up trying to make a name in this music city, another one um, had just gone independent, broke out of the, my friend actually helped him get out of his record deal. So the, the show in December was his first event as an independent artist, and we hosted it at First Avenue. We have all this 4K live stream equipment from the pandemic, and um, it just kind of lined up, and I don't think, I don't really believe in coincidences. I think it just, that's what was supposed to happen. And um, Well, it's funny because Prince is big into purple, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Full circle, Master yep. purple. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's just, uh, yeah, I mean, you, there's a lot of little coincidences that, uh, that, yeah. that you might not believe in. Uh, so the, the actual event, um, what happened? Tell us what happened, how, how it went down. Um, you know, it was a one, uh, one day, two day? Two day. So two days. Um, tell us a little bit about how Toonster works um, and kind of the, what you receive from the community, the Nostra community. Yeah, so Toonster... Um it's just a, it's a web-based streaming service. We, we um, just branded Zap.Stream to be music only. Um, and Ainsley and her family and her band came to Minneapolis from Nashville. And we played one night. We, we took over the Minneapolis Bitcoin meetup. Mm-hmm. And she did a solo headliner show there. Um, we broadcast it. Uh, had... We sold out the meetup. We have a hundred, we have a hundred tickets, hundred capacity at the meetup, mm. and we just made we put up a ticketing site. It was RSVP, value for value, free. So we just put out her QR codes. People could donate, um, 
uh, sold it out like a month in advance, and then we took the second night, and she raised, uh, I think it was like 5 million sats on her own first night. Um, that aged pretty well, didn't it? Yeah, now it's worth about, <laughs> you know, 25% I mean, off. Not that you'd ever sell, yeah. but, you know, that, that aged pretty well yeah. in the, the last three months. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also the point, too, is uh, you're getting the hardest currency. You know, Absolutely. you're getting something that's very finite in value. They might not understand that, um, some of the artists, but um, I think they'll grow to appreciate that, too. Absolutely. Uh, and, and again, you know, selling the purple, uh, selling the selling the purple, and they're buying the orange type of mentality. Absolutely. Um, so, long story short, it was just a tremendous success. Yeah, it was. It was so, like, I go back because we we have it archived. If you go to tunester.io, you can go watch the the archived streams, and you can. Unfortunately, you can't flip through the comment like you can't see the comments real time mm -hmm. but you can just scroll and read them and you, you see like it's overwhelming to see the the people who are you know you've got like Odell Marty Bent Gigi everybody's zapping and people you know of and um to put that all together and um see the dis the difference especially one of the most fascinating things for me as a music guy is Night, night two we did at, at First Avenue and Just Loud shared the stage with Ainsley. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I thought was one of the most compelling is that if you were, if you were there in person, your experience was no different. Mm -hmm. If nobody necessarily knew that there was this storm of enthusiasm going <laughs> on with Bitcoin maniacs yeah. on the internet. Um, Ainsley mentioned it a little bit from stage, but n for the most part, nobody knew. And I think that's kind of the key for me. Like I, I came out swinging in the last bull market, trying to, you know, lead with the orange and promote like, oh, this is so great, independent music, independent money. How could you not see this? Mm -hmm. And um, I think you bury that. You know, you, you let them. If you present it to them as a new revenue stream, hey, try this out. It's a free service. It's all upside. Mm -hmm. um, you just let us flip the switch on these cameras. We'll give you a recording of the show and give you set you up with a wallet. I'm I'm pretty optimistic about it because they, like I said, they raised between the two of them, 20 million sats in two days. Um, yeah. If they would have just shown up, to put it into perspective, the the Seventh Street entry is a 250 cap room. If they would have sold out on a $30 ticket, they might have netted 1500 bucks. You know, that's like, if they were just hopping in their van, driving around the country, going from Minneapolis to Milwaukee to Topeka to, you know, they're, they're not gonna make that much. But if we can add just that little extra revenue stream, like, it's like another merch table. Like, it matters, it really does move the needle. Um, and exposure too, right? I mean, yeah. no one, no, there's so many people that just learned who Just Loud was. Yeah. Just learned who Ainsley was just yeah. that night. Just uh, not, yeah. not in person, but just through Zap or Toonstar. Yeah. I mean, Just Loud was on the bench for four years. <laughs> yeah. Like, he yeah. couldn't play his songs. Yeah. And then and he then, shows up and he's got this rabid following now. So, and then the, the, the ecosystem thrives with each other, the Nostra ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when Fountain App and Wave Lake tell you that someone's live right now on Toonster, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we don't have these walled gardens where you have to, you know, you have to stay over here. 
you have to stay over there. Uh, really, it's a whole thriving flywheel uh, effect of what value, value for value can be and the exposure that you can get. Um, and it's so early. We're just so early. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? Man, it's, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled to be here. I've been, uh, you know, I've been mo much more of a consumer of content than a participant in, in the Bitcoin community for many years. And always it's seen such a, I'm, I'm, all, I'm also the CFO. So like I got the Bitcoin part years ago. Um, and, and I've just, I'd always seen such a parallel between the, the gatekeepers and the, you know, the, the systems being very flawed in music and finance and to finally see some of these solutions kind of pairing together. Like, even when you look at how we approached the pandemic, it was such a fiat answer to like go crying to Congress and say, we need help. Like, you know, to have this ability to opt out and just say you know what like that's great that this works for you taylor swift like let's just go try this and if you can get 1500 or 2000 real fans maybe you can support yourself on value for value yeah. um, that that's really compelling and as a venue um as an independent venue if we could provide that service zero revenue impact to me just providing that service makes our places more compelling for artists to seek out and at the end of the day artists are our ultimate customer i mean we're that's the dirty little secret about these these live music venues you think they're just printing money but we're just a busy bar you know the the, the tickets are a revolving door that pays the talent and pays the expenses and maybe we'll make a few bucks on fees but we just need people to come and and support you know buy beer and buy hats and shirts and stuff and and then be able to pay the bands as much as possible so they don't go to live nation so um it's it's pretty interesting everybody you know the royalties the there's just so many things in music that these kind of technologies fix and um it's not gonna it, be easy no <laughs> i i think it's you gotta disrupt the uh, it's and, gonna and be in live nation yeah. seems like they're pretty much in bed in uh, dc right Live Nation, I mean, the more you learn, you know, it, it's, it's a massive problem. Like, they're consistently in antitrust litigation, and that's for very good reason, because they own everything from the artist to the venue to the ticketing company to the secondary market. You know, you just, you can't compete. So doing, doing your event in Minneapolis um, was, was, you know, full stage, full, full set, uh, full concert hall. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's is inspiring. Mm -hmm. Going to a smaller venue like this, smaller space, more intimate setting, using uh, Toonster, um, I think is just as powerful in a way that it, it sets the stage for anybody to do it. Um, mm -hmm. Anybody should feel compelled to do their own. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's very powerful in that in that respect. Um, so, with the power of Noster, with the power of Tunester, yeah. the ecosystem, the the social graph, um, that's that's what I'm looking forward to in the future. And I always challenge, um, just like that Noster November movement, where 53 cities said we'll start doing meetups. Um, you know, I'd like to see this globally. I'd like to see starving mm -hmm. artists get their monetization somehow, get their fan base somehow, um, and just keep that flywheel effect going. Because 
uh, rising tide lifts all boats, and, and I think we can all win in this. So, yeah. any questions? Yeah. Oh, hey, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's still the biggest thing that protected independent venues from the Save Our Stages movement is that we never had a common um, representation. Like there's a there's a restaurant lobby, there's an airline lobby, there's you know all these things, and um, like I don't not like beating my chest but I remember the Friday the 13th was the day that we did our last concert in 2020 and I went to the owner to our owner's house on Saturday and she just looked at us like me and the GM and she's like we're effed like we have no representation every every other industry is going to get a bailout the restaurants are organized everybody's organized and if they're going to force us to shut down you know if you don't own your building and you don't have any you know, pause on your payments, you're just kind of screwed. And so the National Independent Venue Association was founded out of Stephen. Stephen is one of the founding members. Um, I guess he's Psycho Steve, right? Psycho Steve is yeah. a local. Uh, Steve Chilton. Yeah, yeah uh, deal here. Um, he was big into independent music. He was probably one of the <laughs> 10, he's probably one of the 10, like, OGs at Neva. But Dana from First Ave, um, just started screaming from the rooftops and that's about a month later Neva was founded and so now we have that organization and there's an annual conference you know I fantasize about a value for value panel at the Neva conference maybe next year um, just, and, and one of those things that when you're going to those approach those conferences yeah. is having the proof of concept. Yeah, having that those 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 ticks under the on the belt. You know, hey, we did this, we did that. Look how this yeah. works. And having this shows like an event like today mm -hmm. in comparison to an event like yours. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of building those those uh, you know canceling the questions, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's I, I've been guilty of jumping the gun. Is you don't you don't get to shoot the you don't get to shoot the gun too many times in the music industry. If you if you pitch something and it doesn't work, you're probably not getting another seat at the table. So I think to go at the Neva conference with just a couple value for value success stories might be a little too soon this year. But um, 2025, I, I, I think it could be, I don't know, I'm optimistic because I, I really like and, and a bull run fixes everything, right? Like everybody will start coming to you. If you've been here working during the bear, you know, when you start getting those questions about Bitcoin, then you know you might, you might have some opportunity to get on stage with some conventional music people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what's up? Absolutely.
live stream or live nation? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that here, here's my game theory, how to play it out. Like, I don't think it matters if you've already made it. Like if you're playing the palace theater, which is 2,500 cap, that's our biggest venue. I don't think it's, I think it's cool, but I don't think you need it as bad. But if we catch people who are playing stages like this on the way up and it just becomes a part of their business model before they make it, I think it does matter because we're a relationship business. So like we, like one of our best success stories is we are, I've heard this pitch a hundred times. Our, our VP of booking started booking the black keys in the seventh street entry. Then he booked him at the turf club. So we booked him at the 250 room, the 350 room, the 650 room, our 10,000 or a thousand room, 1500, 2500. And then a kitty corner from first Avenue is where the Timberwolves play and he booked him at the arena. And so we booked him all the way up the line. And if we, if we are meeting the Black Keys and launching them into value for value when they're down at the entry, I think that, that, la that latches the relationship that breaks you away from Live Nation. But it's, it's a long, you know, it's a, it's a long game. Um, ticketing's a big problem. Arcanox is going to work on it for me, though. <laughs> and ticketing, ticketing's a beast. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, but it, it is, uh, it's a lot more complicated to set up a ticketing solution, like just technically with reserved seats and like in order, so in order to facilitate a show that competes with Live Nation, what they do is, well, they'll set up their room and then they've got, you know, this bucket of tickets is a pre-sale for Amex and that's 35 bucks, but then you've got your VIP box that's 75 bucks and you got your, you know, super meet and greet ticket. You got all these tiers of tickets. And w what that does is you put it all into this pool. So if you've got, like we sell at First Avenue, we're a GA 1500 person club we sell 1500 widgets. We don't screw around with like tables and we just, we're pure nightclub, old school venue and we like it that way. Um, but that means we don't have extra money to pay the band, right? Like, cause everything that you can upsell goes into the pool that can make you a better offer as a touring musician. And so the ticketing platforms need to be able to enable that. And that's what's difficult to just start one from scratch, you know. But I, I think, I mean, that thing, that's such a racket right now. Like, the way that the, way that the ticketing works, it, it's got to be disrupted. It's just, it's too broken to not be disrupted, but it's, it's going to have, I think it's got to be driven by artists and customers with the opt-out model. I just, you know, I don't think they're going to break it in, Washington, they're not going to regulate it out. They're going to. It, it's such a great example of kind of where we're at today in society. When you yeah. look at that, the, the the price of a ticket to go mm -hmm. to go see someone, uh, and all the the rent seekers in between. Yeah. Uh, in between you you spending your money 
and the artist actually getting money from what, oh, what you want to see. It's nuts. Like, I'll, let's give one. I'll go on one tangent example because it's just not talked about that much. In but you know, if you Google like Cold War Kids tickets, you know the actual First Avenue venue is going to be like the seventh result down. You know, because you've got all the secondary markets will come up first because they paid for the Google priority on the search. And so you've got speculative ticketing. So they'll, they'll list the ticket for like 500 bucks. Well, they haven't even bought it yet. So they're just, they'll buy it if you buy their pre-scalped ticket. But then Live Nation, the, you know, back in the day, remember you'd click on a concert and it would actually say sold out. It never says that anymore, right? It just says get tickets. And then every once in a while it'll say, you know, verified resale instead of like original you know it, but that what that means is that live nation and ticketmaster same company um they they basically created their own stub hub so they have the secondary market and they've been routinely accused of you know if i make you an offer to play first ave for a hundred bucks your offer sheet would say $1,500 times a hundred bucks. You know, you do the math and then we'll pay you a percent of that, right? Well, if those hundred dollar tickets are being scalped for 200, the artist doesn't see it and the venue doesn't see it. It's whoever bought it and upsold it. Well, what, what, what if you owned the upsale market? What would prevent Live Nation from just skipping the hundred I'm going to just put this straight on this other site for $300. I only have to pay you $100. I'm just going to pocket the extra two. I'll act as my own scalper. And they've gotten busted doing that. Um, anybody who's familiar with Bitcoin knows that blockchain fixes that, right? Like, there's no reason that a ticketing company couldn't provide that transparency to show you that, like, 1,500 tokens went to the public at $100. What happened after that? None of our business. Those are scalpers. But you could prove, you could have proof of work on that relationship. And, and somebody's going to fix it. Somebody's going to figure it out. And I think it's important just to, just to know there's problems and, and, and we need to, and those are part of the motivations why we want change, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, we're not here to talk about problems. Um, we're trying to form solutions and uh, and showing up for change so yeah. uh, any other questions cool